government has become too big, too overtaxing, and it's constantly overregulating every aspect of your life. If you agree with that, tune into Consumer Choice Radio every Saturday at 10 a.m. on the Big Talker 1067 FM. For an hour, you'll get an expert analysis on what the government is sinking its teeth into next and how you, as a consumer, can push back. ConsumerChoiceRadio.com government sinking their teeth into next a question that will be answered over the next few minutes with my friend Yael Osowski from the Consumer Choice Center host of the Consumer Choice radio program Saturday mornings here on the Big Talker FM at 10 a.m. following the Lend with Ben show with Ben Hawkins of Sierra Pacific Mortgage so a local power hour plus two Yael, good morning, sir, or good evening, depending on where you are. Yeah, well, right now it's uh, almost the afternoon, so yes, good <laughs> afternoon here, and good morning to you, Joe, and all the listeners. And we just we don't even operate by it. The only time uh, keys that I have to hit are the ones at the top and the bottom of the hour. Other than that, we can just erase the clock, and uh, that's uh, kind of my way of life. That's the best way to do it. you got to erase it, got to start all over and, and give people the reason to listen to the top and the bottom. I think you're doing a great job. Well, and with that, uh, well, let's uh, start in reverse here. Let's go back and then move forward. Uh, so last Sunday, uh, I was uh, hanging at a friend's house uh, with, the, with the baby and uh, their grandson, and it was, uh, you know, 9.50 in the morning, and I was like, you know what, we couldn't even go out for lunch right now. Uh, because we wake up so early, and uh, you know, get a get a mimosa or a bloody mary. So I said, you know what, I'm going to make one in my own home, and I can do that in my own house uh, due to these antiquated, uh, outdated liquor laws that we have here in the state of North Carolina. So do I have a problem, or is that just the freedom of choice that I have in my own home to make a cocktail at whatever hour I want to? Well, I think that's the <laughs> perfect example of consumer choice, Joe. I think you're doing what. Hundreds of millions of Americans do almost every single week, and they're free to do it without prohibition agents putting down their doors. So I think that's something to be very thankful for in the year 2020. There are a lot of uh, people behind the scenes, though, lobbyists, uh, different industries uh, that uh, want to keep uh, those antiquated laws in place in a state like North Carolina. How do we get around that? Uh, do we ever get outside of uh, you know, prohibition type uh, of laws uh, here in North Carolina? So uh, for your for your listeners to know, uh, it is a, a very somber day. Today is the day that we celebrate 100 years since prohibition was passed into law and was actually adopted. And today was day one, 100 years ago, of when it was enacted. And that was over 100 years ago. It was a terrible experiment. A lot of people lost their lives. There was gang violence. People were getting sick like crazy, and nobody respected our institutions and our laws anymore. We became scoff laws because everyone else was drinking. Officials were becoming corrupt. It was a terrible time. Thankfully, we got out of prohibition. We repealed the Constitution. Everything was great. Now the issue that we have is that many of these laws on alcohol, especially in North Carolina, are still on the books. 
Uh, that's something that any of you who've tried to go out and, and purchase your alcohol on a Sunday morning have had to deal with. It's those of you who are having to go and buy your favorite bottle of liquor at a government-run store, of which it is run by entire boards that are not very accountable to the people and get paid huge salaries and bonuses and pensions that you or I are never going to get, Joe. Um, and even more restrictions when it comes to shipping, if you love a winery out of state. There's so many issues and problems that still exist in North Carolina. So I think that's why people have to put more pressure. And state lawmakers there in Raleigh need to know that the wind is with us. It's with the people who demand change and want to embrace consumer choice. The entrepreneurs have already given us a perfect avenue for that. People love the breweries all around the state. People come from around the country to go to Asheville, to go to Wicked Weed, to go to the, the brand new breweries there in Wilmington, it's much the same, in Charlotte and Raleigh. This is the great entrepreneurial spirit that we have in this country, and it's specifically in North Carolina. The issue is, though, we still have a lot of these antiquated laws. We still have this ABC system, this three-tier model system of liquor. The, all this does is it drives up ordinary prices for you and me meaning that we have to spend more money, and it just keeps taking taxpayer dollars as well by running this system. So we need to have modern alcohol policies. We really need to wake up. It's 2020. Prohibition ended 100 years ago. Uh, let's move forward and hopefully embrace a little bit of change. Well, we talk about uh, control and uh in fact, just in our area, I think Brunswick County, one of the fastest growing counties in our country, they have 11 different ABC boards within the county limits. 11, I believe, if uh, stand me if I'm corrected, but uh, it's something ridiculous. Like 11 boards overseeing alcohol distribution in one county in our state. Prime I example. Think we have across the state, it's something like 167 in total, even though we only have 100 counties. <laughs> so that tells you that uh, for every city or county that has its own ABC board, this is a board that gets together, spends your taxpayer dollars, and they sit there and try to come up with what their taxes will be on alcohol and how much liquor it should cost. Uh, this is totally old school. This is so 20th century, Joe. We're in the 21st century. Let's have a good time and embrace consumer choice. And uh, it's ridiculous, as you said, the bloated salaries. And in relation to, of course, uh, our thriving brew industry here uh, in our state, uh, it took uh, almost an act of God to allow the bigger distributors of uh, craft brews, uh, the Red Wolves uh, or the Red Oak and uh, the Charlotte Mecklenburg Brewery, and basically took an act of God to get legislation passed so they could sell more of their own product because the distributors were unhappy with yeah, the situation. Unfortunately, the problem that we have in North Carolina is we just do have a lot of very old-school legislators. Uh, we have a lot of people who still assume that drinking is a sin, and they get together with uh, many of the large alcohol companies that love the status quo. And this is uh, the modern interpretation of the bootleggers and the Baptists, the coalition that kept prohibition going and even passed it. Uh, we have a modern version today, and it's made up of politicians who continue to tell us that they're looking out for us. They don't want more people to drink. They don't think alcohol should be as accessible when really all they're doing is raising the prices. And at the same time, you have the, the large monopolies that love the way it goes. They only need to negotiate with one entity 
ABC. They don't need to try to sell their product to individual stores and restaurants and chains. This is the kind of problem that we have, and it ends up costing more money for you and me for every drink that we buy and everything that we purchase. I think it's a perfect time to think about ways to move forward. If this is a day and age when I can order food on my phone and have it arrive at my house in less than 20 minutes, if I can get Amazon within the same day, then surely there's a way that we can modernize our alcohol policies to be more in line with 2020 rather than 1920. Just a reminder to folks uh, here in our area, the former New Hanover County ABC administrator, his name was Billy Williams. Uh, He was facing a felony charge uh, for fraud back in 2012. And while he was... uh, Going through that case, he was making $195,000 in his annual pension. So we talk about bloated salaries and time for a change, getting out of government and getting into the private uh, industry of distributing, selling, and consuming alcohol. ConsumerChoiceCenter.org, the website of the global grassroots movement for consumer choice. Yael Lasowski with us, uh, also host of the Consumer Choice Radio Show, 10 o'clock Saturday mornings here on the Big Talker FM. Yael, in addition to prohibition, which we'll be discussing tomorrow and uh, how we can move away from this uh, centuries-old laws uh, that are in place here in North Carolina, what are some of the other hot topics uh, that have piqued your interest uh, this week? So definitely we have uh, some some quick hot takes from the debate that happened on the debate stage amongst the Democrats. Um, So myself and my radio partner, David Clement, we've got some good takes on that. And something that your uh, listeners might be interested in is what is happening in Australia? What are all these bushfires? What exactly is happening there? Is this related to climate change? What are people saying? Is it crazy down there? Uh, we kind of get the, the facts from uh, Tim Andrews, who's one of our good friends from Australia. He gives us some very good insight on that. So I think that'll be very interesting for your listeners. We don't hear too much about the Australia situation, apart from saying that uh, human beings, you or I, Joe, and our SUVs were the ones to blame. So I think there's a, a lot of great analysis to be had there, and I hope your your listeners will tune in for that. All right. Uh, nationally, I, I know a lot of the attention, of course, is on trade and uh, impeachment. Uh, but in fact, uh, we had a group of lawmakers, a bipartisan group of lawmakers in Washington this week, uh, propose a billion dollars of our money towards developing a Western 5G alternative uh, to the technology that China has used and dominated with uh, through the market. Uh, break that down for me. I know Jack, as you know, in the conversations that we have through email about how the Internet works, how web hosting and serving uh, operates. Uh, why should we not want the government getting into another aspect of our lives uh, through the 5G network uh, and the way we access uh, and the speed in which uh, we access the Internet with? So 5G is just the next generation of all wireless internet technology. This is how your phone is going to gain access. This is how your computer will gain access. But also the increasing number of devices that we have that do connect to the internet. Things like your vehicle, your car, the lights outside, things in the supermarket. Everything is being connected. And what 5G technology is doing is it allows these signals to instead be broadcast in a broad spectrum it actually is directed so it goes directly to your phone it's not just like a a wide net it's actually directed right at your phone right at your computer right at your device and that actually will give us much faster connections we'll be able to upload and download information much much quicker it's going to make everything better now what these american senators and uh, that includes one north carolina senator of course mr richard burr 
Um, I'd love to hear your take on him, Joe. But uh, Richard Burr here is the senator. He's he's uh, the one who sponsored this. And what a lot of these senators are worried about is Huawei, which is the Chinese firm, huge technology company. They have the base stations and the routers for the 5G technology. They've already begun developing it. Uh, luckily, Trump was able to block a lot of Huawei's entry into the U.S. market because of national security concerns. China, as we know, is a communist dictatorship, a totalitarian government, and Huawei is very close to the Chinese Communist Party. So there, were, there was an executive order that came out about that. Huawei has been blocked. Uh, U.S. senators seeing that opportunity say, hey, now this is the perfect opportunity for us, U.S. Inc., the government, the federal government here in Washington, to create our own alternative. Um, terrible idea. The idea there is that we're going to provide $1 billion U.S. dollars of your taxpayer money to invest in technology, um, get the money from spectrum fees, from taxation, from Lord knows from where, and we're going to create our own technology alternative to Huawei. The problem with that is obviously that the government is not a very good investor of funds. We know that from Obama's age with Solyndra. We know that from many ventures that the government has been involved in. The market has already done a great job of coming up with companies like Google and Amazon. Google, by the way, Joe, just hit $1 trillion in value, one of only four companies to do that ever. Uh, does that mean that the United States government should try to catch up with that? <laughs> uh, we've already got trillions of dollars worth of debt. We don't need the government to become a venture capitalist and, and try to invest money when the private market does such a good job. So that's the, the bill that's been introduced in the Senate right now. This is dry, trying to counter uh, the Chinese communist threat, which I think we all sympathize with and understand. But the answer is not in trying to give subsidies or trying to get the government to invest in technology that they don't understand and would be much left better to the great innovators in places like Silicon Valley, in Austin, Texas, even in North Carolina. There's going to be better ideas to come from there rather than Washington, D.C. Yael Lasowski from the Consumer Choice Center, consumerchoicecenter.org, the global grassroots movement for consumer choice. Yael, on the technology front, uh, as we wrap it up here this morning, I know there's been a lot of headlines in the news concerning the Saudi Arabian uh, national who uh, shot people at the, that military base in Pensacola, and uh, the president is uh, pressuring, uh, what is it, uh, I guess, Apple to... Uh, allow the federal government to go into uh, that man's uh, phone and, and gain access to information, some of which uh, could be pertinent to the situation, some which uh, may not be. We don't know. Uh, what is the tussle between the tech company and, of course, uh, the president? And uh, why should we maybe try to hold off, even though it's accessing a terrorist's uh, you know, information? That creates a bit of a slippery slope, though, if you open the gate to for one, then all of a sudden the federal government wants access to all. Yeah, and I think uh, this has been a trend the last couple of months uh, of uh, large, um, terrible, tragic events occur, and law enforcement officers would like to have direct access to the phones of some of the people involved. So what they try to do is try to crack the code. They try to go through the courts and get a warrant. And for many police officers, law enforcement, uh, people who are doing investigations, it takes a while uh, to try to unlock the phone because they have to use uh, the methods that have been outlined by the courts, by our laws. And sometimes it takes time. And that means that 
perhaps your device that you're trying to investigate won't be unlocked. And what Trump and uh, our attorney general, Bill Barr, their argument is that, you know, these are bad guys. These are people who are uh, being accused of being terrorists, of having killed people. We need access to their phones ASAP. Um, I think everyone, again, sympathizes with that, but we have, we have to think about the Fourth Amendment here. We have to think about our own privacy and our own security. We have these things in place because we are, have our privacy and our security protected. There's a reason that uh, police officers need to get a warrant from a judge in order to enter your house. It's very much the same for entering your cell phone that's in your pocket. This, this is the access to our lives each and every day. That's why we have these safeguards in place. That is something that government should do, protect our privacy and protect our liberty. I, I very much disagree with the president's point on this. I think if we want to have access to the phones and the technology of people who are suspects or accused in crimes, we have a method. We have a process. All people need to do is try to get the warrants, get the judge to sign off. Any kind of attempt president or kind of legislators had, I think should be very worrying because it means that our Fourth Amendment rights, and again, it doesn't even matter who's being accused, our Fourth Amendment rights are up for negotiation and can at any single time be whisked away on a whim. I think that's very problematic, and uh, I would stand with a company like Apple that seems to be uh, trying to quash this at any angle. They say that they follow legal warrants from judges. I think that's uh, the way that it should be. It's the best way to protect our Fourth Amendment and to, to make sure that all of our freedoms can be guaranteed. Isn't that why we have this American experiment in the first place, Joe? ConsumerChoiceCenter.org, the global grassroots movement for consumer choice. My friend Yael Osowski joins us to wrap up our week every Friday during the 9 o'clock hour. You can also tune in to the Consumer Choice radio program. It airs tomorrow, Saturday mornings at 10 a.m. right here on the Big Talker FM. Yael, it's always a pleasure. Great conversation and insight. Thank you very much, Joe, and have a great weekend. No doubt. It's a Freedom Friday. It is good to be free. You taste that nectar and you just want more. We're eight minutes in front of the hour, and then we will be free from the airwaves until Monday morning. We've got another great group of guests lined up, as always, here on The Big Talker to take you through your morning commute and through the early portion of your midday.